What is up, everybody? As always, it is your host, Kelly. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nostalgia and Now. Now, this week is going to be a little bit different because I decided to make this a purely pop culture episode. It has been a long time since I've done one of these. I think the last time I did it may have been around Kristen and Jay's divorce or like in that time frame area. So it's been over a year, maybe? Honestly, at this point, I feel like time has just all condensed and I don't know what year it is. I will say over the weekend, I got to hang out with Ryan Bailey. If you guys do not know who Ryan Bailey is, he hosts the podcast So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. He's been on my podcast once or twice. I've been on his podcast a few times, but we had an absolute blast. And also Maggie from Best of Bravo showed up and we just had a good time. We had so much fun. And I will say, I cannot bounce back the way I used to. I feel like I should have known that the time I hit 30, but I went out Friday night. So I met with Ryan on Friday, and then I got home at like 1.30 or 2 a.m., very late. And then the next night, I went to go sing to Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift was not there, but me and my friend Katie and I, we went to the Taylor Swift sing-along, and it went on until about 1 a.m. Now, that was not expected. I really thought it was going to be from 9 to midnight or 9 to 11. Like, just two hours of Taylor Swift? No. If there is a Taylor Swift sing-along in your city, I highly recommend going. It's going to go until 1 a.m. You're going to sing all the good songs. When they played Haunted, I almost lost my shit. If you have listened to this podcast for, I want to say for, like, at least a few months, you know Haunted is my number one Taylor Swift song of all time, and when they played that, I just about lost my shit. I've never seen her sing that live, and again, it was just, it was such a good night, and I was surrounded by my people. You know what I mean? I was surrounded by Swifties. We were all singing. We're all having a good time. We're all just, like, enjoying being there in the very moment. So if you are a Taylor Swift fan, and you find out that some kind of Taylor Swift night slash sing-along slash dance-a-thon, whatever it's called comes to your city, I highly recommend doing it. I do have to say, I think there was a misconnection at the Taylor Swift night. There was a girl, she was dancing to Champagne Problems. Her and I danced together to it. We like held hands and swayed and I spun her around. She spun me around. And if you were there that night and you were wearing some kind of like gray pearl shawl type of thing and you're very tall and blonde, follow me back. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean... I started my new job last week, and I think one thing I do to myself is I put a lot of pressure on myself. So I have only worked three days. We were lucky enough to have a four-day weekend, and I feel like I'm not doing enough when in reality, I know I'm doing all I can. I just don't know anything yet, and that's also not my fault. So yeah, so that's kind of like my struggle at the moment. And also working from home, it is very hard for me to focus. According to TikTok, I've undiagnosed ADHD, which after reading everything, Sounds about right. Thank you, TikTok. But it is super hard for me to focus being home and being like, oh, I'm on my laptop. Oh, I'm home. So if anyone has any tips, please let me know because I definitely want this job to work. I want it to last. I'm trying to think if there are any other like life life updates, I guess I should call them. But I don't think there is. I mean, We have Beyond the Blinds. I know some of you listen to it. I'm not sure if everybody does. Please give it a shot if you love celebrity blinds, celebrity gossip, things like that. But over the week, I feel like I've kind of like detached a little bit from social media, even though that's my job. I do feel like with Laguna Beach and even other things in my life, I've kind of been able to take a step back from. 
And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited to do a pop culture episode. It has been a very, very, very long time since I haven't done a full recap episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And let's get into something that's very near and dear to my heart. I would love to have a quick mental health chat with you because it is National Suicide Prevention Week. Now, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about my own experience with this. I am very, very lucky. I don't know anybody who has taken their life. I will say I am one of the luckiest people to be able to say that. I do know a few people in high school did, but I wasn't friendly with them. But when I was about 23, I, this is actually hard to talk about, but I feel like maybe it could help some people. And I want everybody to know that even though in the moment you may feel super fucking alone, there are people in your life who want you here. And yes, I did share this story on my Instagram story, but when I was 23, I, I was absolutely spinning my wheels. I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods. I was drinking so much. I was partying. I was going out probably five nights a week. Like that's a lot to go out, to go to school, to go to work and just spinning my wheels, as I said. And there was a part of me, I'll never forget. August is a really, really hard month for me. So I think I've said that before on the podcast. My therapist told me August always signified change in my life. It meant going back to school. It meant no more like summer camp or whatever it was. August is a month of change. And change has always been really, really hard for me. But it was August when I was 23, whatever year that was. I'm sorry, seven years ago, I guess. And I knew how I wanted to end my life. And I know that sounds really scary hearing now. I am seven years away from this. I promise you at 30, I don't have these thoughts anymore. I don't have these reoccurring, I don't have these reoccurring thoughts. I don't know how else to say it. But when I was 23, I genuinely felt like the world would have been better off without me. And I know this is a pop culture podcast. I understand people listen to find out the dirt about Jana Kramer, Kristen Cavallari. I get it. We're going to get into that. But for a long time, I was afraid to share my story One thing about my family is when you're feeling a certain way, it very quickly just becomes, well, suck it up. Suck it up. Everybody has bad days. Everybody goes through struggles. You just have to suck it up. You got to be stronger. And to a point, yes, right? uh, There are moments in your life where you're like, okay, I can't hold on to this. I can't mope about this. I can't feel anything more than just an hour of feeling sad about this specific issue. But yeah. Emotions were always hard in my family. And when I was 23, I knew how I was going to end my life. I knew where I was going to do it. And I had a note written. I was ready to no longer be here. I was ready for the planet. You know, I was, I was ready to no longer be on the planet. And I remember like talking to girl who I had at the time. And if you're a newer listener, I had a cat for 19 years. She passed away March, 2020, I believe. Um, just before COVID like really hit the United States really hard. And I was like, I knew what I was going to say to her before I went. Like it was a planned act. The only difference between me and somebody who successfully did this is that my friend realized via text message that something was off. She didn't know what it was. She didn't know what I had planned, but she knew that the way I was texting her was not correct. And I am so thankful. It's Devin, who I've talked about many a times on the podcast, many, many times. But I am so thankful that she is someone who reached out to me. She knew I was not doing well. 
she knew that something was off. I was texting her and again, the things I was saying, she figured it out. Now, I think I could have probably gotten help immediately after. I probably should have told my parents. I probably should have told someone, but instead I signed up for counseling and that's when my therapy journey really started. But it is National Suicide Prevention Week. And that is why I wanted to bring up my story. If you have had thoughts of harming yourself, one thing I learned in the past year is most people don't have that thought. And when my friend told me I've never thought of ending my life, I remember I was like, oh, wait, what? So the feelings that you're having, just know that there are people who give a fuck. And I know that's like such a lame, broad thing to say, but people care about you. People want you here. There are people you can reach out to in your life that want you to genuinely be here. They want to see you succeed. They want to see you thrive and just know you're not alone in this. You know, I am somebody, I like to think I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but I also don't, right? Like I, I show people what they want to see to a point And then I really can open up to other people. But when it comes to how I am feeling deep inside, whether it's happiness, whether it's depressed, whether it's angry, it's hard for me to verbalize that. And again, it goes back to like your inner child. It goes back to childhood trauma. It goes back to all of that. But if you are feeling any kind of way about your life, if you're feeling that you don't deserve to be here, if you're feeling like you're not meant to be on this planet, I promise you, there are so many people in your life who care. And again, I know that's a corny saying that a lot of people use, but I want you to know people do genuinely care. There are people who want to help you. There are people who want to see you succeed. I want to see you succeed. And just because of, you know, the theme of the week, I know it's heavy. I know it's scary to think about, but I want you to know as hard as life can be, People want you here. You are a light on this earth. And coming from somebody who is seven years removed from where she once was, I am so thankful that I did not go through with it. I'm so thankful I get to talk to you guys every week. I'm so thankful I get to tweet my stupid little stories that I have. But I just, I want people to know that they're not alone. And if you have had these feelings, you're not alone in those feelings either. People care about you. And I just, I thought, like I said, it's National Suicide Prevention Week. So I just wanted to share my story. Hopefully it resonates with you. And again, if you need help, there are so many options. There are so many people who love you. You are not a fucking burden. Now that was a very heavy subject and I'm very aware of that, but I wanted to talk about something fun now. Let's talk about the challenge. Again, if you followed me at least for a little bit, you know that I love the challenge. I am not the best challenge fan though. I cannot tell you specific seasons. I can't tell you like that ruins one is my favorite. I feel like I just have favorite dailies or eliminations and I've been watching it since like sixth grade. So eventually everything just kind of becomes one. This specific season, it is called Spies, Lies, and Allies. And all of the ratings have plummeted. Now it's still in the top five on Wednesday night. So it's not like MTV thinks they're doing anything wrong, but I think it's absolutely insane that there are fewer veterans than there are rookies. And I kept trying to think of it as like a a fresh meat type of season. If you don't know, fresh meat is when they had a bunch of like random college students or random like spring breakers 
come on the challenge and compete basically. And then they got picked for a partner and, and all of that. Um, Landon won that season, the fresh meat one, I believe. But this season is just so different and I get really frustrated. So I am not a big Tori Deal fan. I know a lot of people love Tori. I know that when I say that, people are like, why don't you like her? And I'm like, it's just her in general. I don't need someone who's like, I'm a guy's girl. I'm, I'm not really friends with girls, but like girls are cool. Like to me, Tori is just so flippy floppy. And she also hasn't done enough in the challenge to make me think that she's one of the beast competitors for females. But the way she was speaking to some of the rookies, not this past episode, the episode before, she's like, you guys don't understand how this works. We're going to pick you off one by one. I'm kind of like, dude, come the fuck down. Like, this is your, what, fifth season at this point? Sixth, maybe. Tori, I got it at first. I was a big fan of you, but now I got I to gotta take a step back. Spoiler alerts are ahead. I will not tell you who wins, though. Unfortunately, that was ruined for me by a contestant on Instagram. I will not say who wins. Um... But there are spoilers for this episode ahead of time. I just want to say that. Now, this episode, it was it was an all right episode. I mean, I thought it was okay. It was kind of weird. Like, people had to climb this big contraption and say, like, dot, dash, dot, dash. And I didn't even think of this. People, a lot of the contestants are from other countries. And words like dash and dot aren't really in their vocabulary. So I do feel like that's another disadvantage that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, maybe we should do some challenges in their native tongue rather than just English, but I understand like this is an English audience. But overall, I will say I don't love this season so far. We are, you know, five to six episodes in at this point. And I'm hoping I start to really like it. I will say this last episode, Fessy was a mess again. And it's funny, people will be like, oh, I like Fessy on Big Brother. And I'm like, apparently a lot of people liked Fessy on Big Brother, but I do not like Fessy on the challenge. I am not a Big Brother watcher. It's on like four nights a week, I feel like. And I just, guys, right now I don't have the time to watch it. <laughs> but he tried to throw in Amber B. And I have a theory. If you guys remember last season, Fessy ended up pushing Casey kind of too hard during the finale. She slipped on a rock, I believe tore her ACL or something like that. But before that, he had Amber B as a partner. And then he was like, Amber's going to slow me down. And Amber won last season. She beat CT last. I mean, they were partners, but she came in first. And then this episode, he threw her in because apparently he doesn't know where she stands as an ally. And I was kind of like, Fessy, you're just salty that she's a champion and you're not. You're salty that the fan base likes her and they don't like you because you're a fucking mess. So I was happy to see that Amber B won the elimination. I'm rooting for her so much. There's something about her I really, really love. I love her attitude. I love the way that she's actually good at the challenge. She isn't the best political player, but also knows that she doesn't need it because she's one of the strongest female players. I would say she's stronger than Tori. I don't know if I'd say she's stronger than Casey. I guess we'd have to see them go head to head. But I do think she's one of the best female challengers that we've seen in years. And I will stand behind that. As far as the guys go, for once, I was actually on Team Josh. I was actually rooting for Josh because he stepped up to Fessy and was like, you can't throw Amber in. And Fessy was like, I'm throwing Amber in. And Josh used his temper tantrums that he loves to stand up for Amber. I do hope next season they bring back some more um, veterans. And I understand veterans go now to like All-Stars. All-Stars on Paramount+. Plus. That's kind of their like next stop, I feel like. 
But I would love to see Landon back, Darrell back, just, you know, powerhouse people. Even Yes, who won the Challenge All-Stars on Paramount+, Plus, throw him in there. I feel like MTV is really missing the mark because although they have these veterans that we like, I like Devin. I know people hate Devin. I like Devin. I like Amanda. I like Ashley. I like CT. There are definitely solid veterans there. But to have more people from shows that we don't know, the only ones I really, really like so far are Michelle and Corey L. And they were both just sent home. So I guess we'll see what they're going to do with all of this. Also, I did read a spoiler that someone from a past season was coming back. But he hasn't come back. So I don't know if that was just like a fraud of a spoiler, which is okay with me. Because the challenge always gets ruined for me by Twitter. But overall, if you are a Challenge fan, this season is a little bit harder, but I say watch it as if you are watching Fresh Meat rather than, you know, a bunch of new people kind of coming in. But overall, I'm rooting for Amber B. I want Amber B to take it all. I'm always rooting for... Huey's really funny, too. He's from an Irish show. I'm not sure what show in Ireland, but he's really funny. Um, But yeah, Amber B has my vote to, to win this season of the Challenge. Is that going to happen? I don't know, but but I'm definitely rooting for her. All right, so let's do a pop culture overview. This week for pop culture, I am so mad I missed this last week. But if you did not see it, Scott Disick, who of course is Kourtney Kardashian's baby daddy slash dates a bunch of teenagers, slid into Eunice's DMs. And Eunice is Kourtney's ex-boyfriend. I think he's like really young too. But apparently he slid into his DMs and was like, look at this chick all over this dude all over Italy. Like, he kind of ripped Courtney apart and Eunice was like, leave me the fuck alone. Now, I don't know much about the Kardashians anymore. Everything I know about them is against my will. But I did see a clip saying that nobody in the family liked Eunice. As a boyfriend, they did not care for him. But I got to give him credit. There is no way he faked this. Like, there is no chance, in my opinion, that he faked Scott Disick being like, yo, let's let's be bros. Let's talk some shit about Courtney and Travis. Because Courtney and Travis are a couple that want you to know that they are having sex. We all know those couples that are like, oh, yeah, we're banging. Like, yeah, yeah, look, we have so much sex, all this stuff. That is Travis and Courtney. And honestly, I don't mind them as a couple. I actually like them better than Megan and Machine Gun Kelly. But apparently he said Eunice, like, he tried to be bros with them. And Eunice was like, leave me the fuck alone. And I'm going to screenshot this and put it in my story. What an idiot Scott Disick is. Scott Disick, this guy isn't your friend. You were mean to him publicly. Like, you guys are not bros. And if anyone really talks shit in my DMs and they were famous and I wasn't friends with them, maybe I would post it in my story. Um, But yeah, I think Scott's trash. I know people really think he's funny now. I know people are like, yeah, but he was so silly, goofy on keeping up the Kardashians. Well, to me, I'm like... I very much remember Scott like shoving money into people's mouths and being an arrogant asshole and cheating on Courtney and then dating girls who were like 18, 19 ish. And when they turn 21, he's like, ugh, you old. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel about Scott Disick. And this, in my opinion, was not anything fabricated by Eunice. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more to add other than Scott Disick is a piece of trash. And I hope one day. We don't have to see him anymore, but apparently him and Amelia Gray, who is Lisa Rinna's daughter, apparently after those DMs were leaked, she decided that it's time for them to cool off. It's time for them to take some space from one another. It's time for them to just like chill, not be like 
not be fighting and not be together. Like she just wants to live her life. Good. Run away, Amelia. Amelia, run as far as you can from Scott Disick. He's a leech. I do know Scott Disick has his own money now that, you know, he's his own brand. But I do think Amelia Gray needs to run the fuck away from Scott Disick, if you ask me. Kaylee Coco divorced her husband of the last few years. It is very recent, and apparently she is the one who called it quits. Um, Kaylee Coco, I feel like, is not lucky in love, and I felt like that for, like, the past decade or so. So even the fact she was married this long kind of surprised me, and I'm not trying to say, like, she's any kind of thing. I'm not trying to call her any kind of word. I just feel like she's not very lucky in love. Now, I do think it's very interesting that she's doing a movie with Pete Davidson right now. Do I think they are the reason why she ended her marriage? No, absolutely not. I really, I don't think that. But I do think poor Pete is about to be dragged into this. So one thing about Pete Davidson, if you look at his dating life, if you look at his dating history, I should say, he's always dating people who are, I don't know, Ariana Grande and him. I do think it was for PR. I'll say that. I know a lot of people may not agree with that. I do think he got really hooked on it, but I think for Ariana, it was PR and then it became very real, very quick. And that's why she was like, kind of like, oh, fuck. The girl from Bridgerton, he just broke up with her recently. Remember when he was like dating Kate Beckinsale, who was also spotted on dates with Machine Gun Kelly. Pete Davidson's dating life is very fucking weird. And it wouldn't surprise me if we start to get paparazzi images from Pete and Kaylee hanging out offset. Get ready for that. I'm telling you now, you're going to see some pictures of them together. And there will be some kind of article title being like, are they more than friends or aren't they more than friends? There's going to be something to come out about these two, even though I don't think Pete wants to be super involved in this. Keep that in mind. Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum are still being super fucking hot. Um, a few people have asked me if I think they're PR. You know, I, I don't know if anything in Hollywood is a coincidence, to be honest. I think it's interesting how they just wrapped up a movie together and it's her directorial debut, which I talked about, I think, last week. And now all of a sudden they're like all over New York together. So I don't know if it's not true. I think they're a very good looking couple together. But I think Zoe Kravitz could be like dating a trash bag. And I'd be like, oh, that trash bag's fucking hot. Like Zoe Kravitz is just a hot, beautiful human. But I don't know if this is true. Like, I don't know if this is true love, I should say. But what I look at is always like they have a project coming out together. He's recently broken up from the singer Jesse J. Zoe Kravitz is recently divorced. Um, there were a lot of rumors about Zoe and Taylor, which I talked about a little bit on the Kaylor episode of the Patreon for Beyond the Blinds. But there were a lot of Zoe and Taylor rumors, Taylor Swift. And now um, Zoe and Channing. I don't know. It's just there are a lot of like little breadcrumbs that would make me be like, mm, I'm not going to follow this path anymore. But also they're very good to look at. And also I found out Channing Tatum lives in my best friend's old building in New York City. So if you're one of those like horny Brooklyn moms, um, let me know. Vemo me. I'll give you the address. In other news, Cardi B and Offset had baby number two. They had a little boy and so far no name on the little boy. But honestly, by the time this comes out tomorrow, I am sure that there will be a name out there. So do you guys remember when Brad and Jen were kind of spotted at like the Golden Globes and then they did the Dazed and Confused thing and everyone was like, oh my God, I want them back together. Well, Angelina Jolie recently came out and talked about how Harvey Weinstein sexually assaulted her in 1998. She opened up to him. 
And Bragg continued to work with Harvey, and she said that was a really big turning point in their relationship. She said she didn't know how she could get past it. Obviously, this is someone who assaulted her, and her husband still chose to keep in his life. And I don't know if you guys remember, there was a story that came out right around the start of the Me Too movement about Harvey Weinstein, where Brad Pitt allegedly like fist fought him because he was rude to his then-girlfriend Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, I have always wanted to call Brad Pitt out on his bullshit, so please let me do that here at this platform. When Jen and Brad got a divorce, she said he was missing a sensitivity chip. She was basically like, yeah, I think he's missing a sensitivity chip. Chip, I'm sorry, chip, not ship. And all I could think of was that quote while I read Angelina's interview. Now, I know people hate Angelina for being the other woman. I know people do not like her anymore, I know people dislike her because the whole Brad divorce was really messy and all this stuff, but now I'm kind of like, it's making more sense. You know, I don't think the cheating thing was cool. I'll never, like, trust Brad Pitt. I never liked Brad Pitt. Like, that's a lie. I liked Brad Pitt when he was married to Jen, and then once the whole, like, cheating scandal and all that, I was kind of like, fuck this guy. Like, I'm, I'm all set. But yeah, I just, I wanted to throw it out there because I feel like Brad Pitt gets held to like Ben Affleck where like they've done really shitty things, but people just want to ignore it because for some reason, like our childhood is based around our crushes on those two people. Ben Affleck, he deserves his own Beyond the Blinds episode. I'll just say that. But I thought that was really interesting that now she's coming out to talk about it. And you know, if she does have the strength and courage to talk about it now, good for her. Um, What else did I have? Kanye West's album Donda came in at number one on the Billboard last week. Halsey's album came in number two. But there is a lot of controversy at the moment when it comes to Donda and Drake's album Certified Loverboy, which I really liked. I thought the lyrics were really good. It reminded me like old Drake, which I really like. But Drake credited R. Kelly as a writer on one of his songs. And then, of course, Kanye West, I talked about it. He had DaBaby and Marilyn Manson on his album. And I would like to take a step back about DaBaby. So I've talked about DaBaby. I've talked a lot about him. And I've said, like, if people are willing to put in the work, then yes, you should forgive them. There is no such real thing as cancel culture, if you ask me. But apparently DaBaby has been working with different groups in Chicago or L.A. I can't remember. But I do give him credit. You know, if he wants to go out there and if he wants to really use his voice for better and learn why the things he said were ignorant and bad and all this stuff, I give him credit for that. But the fact that, you know, Kanye and Drake had these people on his album, Marilyn Manson, R. Kelly, let's use them because um, DaBaby I've talked about a lot in the past. These are two men who have allegedly disrespected women uh, to the... To the biggest extent. Like, that's all I can say. I mean, Marilyn Manson is a fucking monster of a person. R. Kelly is a fucking monster of a person. And it really bums me out that these two people specifically, because we're talking about like Drake and um, Drake and Kanye and their albums at the moment, the fact that these two people are getting writing credits, more money, all this stuff, like, you know, what about the what about the people that they hurt? That's that's always in my mind. Um So right now, that is a bit of a controversy when it comes to their writing credits. And uh, a lot of people are like, Donda or Certified Loverboy. I think Certified Loverboy is better. I'm more of a Drake fan than a Kanye fan anyway. 
So maybe I am a little bit biased when it comes to that. Now I know I talk some shit about it, but I typically eat my words when I talk shit and I can fully admit that. I am so excited to see Spencer with Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Apparently at the Venice Film Festival, it got a three minute long standing ovation. And you know what? I gotta, I gotta see it, okay? I know that I talk my shit as I do. I always end up eating my words, so maybe I should stop talking so much shit. But I am excited to see it. I think if Kristen Stewart nails this role, she will get an Oscar. I don't know why I have that feeling. I just feel like she's going to do really well with this. She will at least get nominated on all major award platforms. But I do see an Oscar in her future if she does, in fact, kill this role the way that the Venice Film Festival said she did. I also started a new show, and you guys know that I don't start new shows often. It's actually like really, really hard to start a new show for me because I like the consistency of knowing what's going to happen. But there is a new show on Hulu. It has Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, Martin Short, um, a few other people who you'll recognize. But it is called Only Murders in the Building. And it's kind of about like a murder podcast that they're trying to put together and make work. It's really good. Selena Gomez is doing a really good job. And hearing Selena Gomez say fuck is very exciting for me. You guys know when I love that I love when like Selena Gomez or Taylor Swift or someone who you don't expect to swear starts swearing. I'm like, yeah, use those cuss words. Really good show. Three episodes are out now. I was hooked the second I started watching it. So it's called Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. And the three of them make a charming little trio. All right, guys, so here's the moment where some of you may have been waiting for. We are about to talk about Jana Kramer allegedly dating Jay Cutler. Now, these rumors aren't super new. I know someone wrote into Dumois over the weekend, but this is a celebrity blind from August 27th, 2021. And honestly, I didn't think it was Jana because I don't think Jana is a minus list. But it seems like this is what NT Lawyer was saying. If you are new to Celebrity Blinds, it's like Dumois, except like deeper, I guess. They kind of vet everything a little bit better. But this is from Friday, August 27th, 2021. This overrated, overpaid former NFL quarterback turned reality star hooked up with this A-minus list singer slash bad actress and then dumped her the next day because he said she wasn't any good in bed. And right when I read that, I thought Jana Kramer and Jay Cutler. Now, these rumors in Nashville, they're not new. They've been going on since about end of August. So seeing this on Dumois, I was kind of like, okay, yes, these rumors have been going around for a while. And the fact that they were spotted at Bourbon Steak, I believe it was, makes a lot of sense. Um, Bourbon Steak is a really, really expensive place in Nashville. I've never gone there. If you're ever in Nashville and want to take me on a date, like, let's go there, okay? But, I mean, my friends have gone. They've seen, like, Dennis Quaid. They have seen Jay Cutler. Even that picture that Kristen posted of her, Justin, Austin, and Craig, that's from Bourbon Steak. So Bourbon Steak is known for celebrity sightings. That's where celebrities go for, I guess, for Bourbon Steak. But over the weekend, apparently, Jay and... Jana were spotted there and then spotted at L.A. Jackson, which is in the Gulch. It's a very nice place. has great frosé. Highly recommend you checking out L.A. Jackson if you're in Nashville. Okay, so we're going to go back, back to the beginning, shall we say. Jana and Kristen have been friends since about 2006-ish. They starred in a movie together. 
They have remained friendly since. Have they been like best friends? I don't think so. But if Very Cavallari was going to come back for another season, for season four, um, it wasn't picked up by E. I know Kristen said she didn't want to do the show anymore, so maybe it was a little bit of both. But if it had been picked up, Jana would have been a main focal point on the season as Kristen's best friend. That is something I heard from insiders. Was it going to be true? Who knows, right? This is just like hearsay through the grapevine in Nashville. Of course, the show did not have another season, so then Jana started to kind of shop around her own shows. And of course, during the midst of all this, her and her now ex, or almost ex-husband, Mike, ended up breaking up. Now, Jana Kramer, I, I don't know what to say about Jana Kramer. I mean, I am definitely not her biggest fan. I don't know if it's fair to, like, rip her apart completely, But I've always thought it was really interesting how she'd be like, yeah, my husband cheated on me again. And it's kind of like, oh, like, but you're going to talk about it on your podcast? You know what I mean? And I understand that's how some people deal with their traumas. I have talked on the podcast quite a bit about things that have happened in my life. But something about Jana just like drives me up a fucking wall. She seems so thirsty, so parched. Even after her divorce with Mike, there were Us Weekly and like in touch articles saying she was really leaning on Kristen Cavallari. Now, Jana was also someone who said, leave Jamie Lynn Spears alone. I'm friends with her. Don't be so hard on her. Jana inserts herself into so many different things. And I feel like Jay Cutler is someone who has wanted to, I don't know if it's remain out of the spotlight, because I really don't. If he did want to live that quiet life, he wouldn't have a podcast. He wouldn't be on social media. I don't know. He blocked me a long time ago. But I don't think he would have a podcast. I don't think he would be on different interviews saying how hard it is for him to date now that he's divorced and he has different priorities, having kids. There are just a lot of different things when it comes to Jay. And it kind of, I don't know, it bothers me because I do think that Jay, with Kristen especially, was like, I'm a normal guy. I just like to live a normal life and I like to ride a tractor and have, you know, chickens or whatever. And I'm sure that's true. I'm sure he does love that stuff, but he also likes the fucking attention. There's no doubt about that. Now, I, I mean, this is like a Laguna One Tree Hill crossover, if you ask me, because Stephen and Kristen, of course, were together on Laguna. Jana was Stephen's love interest on Laguna B, on, on um, One Tree Hill, I apologize, on One Tree Hill. Kristen and Jana were friends while she was on One Tree Hill. And I don't know if you guys remember, of course you fucking remember, the picture that Kristen posted with Steven where everyone was like, are they back together? Aren't they back together? What, what's the story? Now, I'm going to tell you this, okay? It's alleged that Kristen wanted to post that to piss Jay off. It seems like there are moments in Kristen and Jay's divorce where things are going fine, and then there are times when they want to one-up each other. That was one of those times that they wanted to one-up each other. Um... After that picture was posted, there were pictures that were removed from Jay's page of Kristen that he had posted in the past. I think Steven has always been kind of a thorn in their side just because, like, people still talk about them. My page is fucking dedicated to Laguna Beach. You know what I mean? Like, people still talk about them like they want them to be together, and that has always been an issue for Jay. So Kristen wanted to be like, hey, fuck you, made sure to post that picture. And if you go way back, way back in the day, I told you guys what was going to happen. I recorded on a Sunday, and I was like, by Tuesday, there will be a picture of Kristen and Steven out. There was. And that was because she wanted to get under Jay's skin. It seemed to work. 
And then, of course, the southern charm of it all and Madison and all that stuff. Kristen and Jay posted that, like, weird superhero picture where they were like, 10 years of solidarity, nothing's going to get in between us. That picture's now deleted on both of their pages. Um, Back to Jana Kramer. Jana has started to like Jay's posts. Jay has started to like Jana's posts. And Kristen has now unfollowed and likely blocked Jana. And you can tell that because all the pictures that Kristen used to like are no longer liked. So I'm assuming that she ended up blocking Jana. And it's funny, someone was like, well, if Kristen can move on, why can't Jay, even if it's with one of her friends? You don't date a friend's ex. That's like the rules of feminism. Did Gretchen Wieners not teach you anything growing up? Um, and, and Jana's just messy. And I feel like some people think I'm hard on Jana, which maybe I am. I don't know. I do not think that Jana is this girl who cries at home all day like she pretends she does. I think Jana can be just as nasty as anybody else, as can anybody, right? Like, you know, not every not everyone is innocent, but I do think that Jana plays up the fact that her ex was caught cheating a lot, which is not a cool thing. But I think Jana is very used to being in control of a narrative. And if we know anything about Miss Kristen Cavallari, what am I going to say right now? Take a guess. You guys know it. Kristen is a master marketer. Kristen has been able to remain in the news since she was 17. Good, bad, ugly. It's mostly good. I don't think Kristen has had that much negative stuff said about her in the press because she knows how to work the press. Her her publicist, Jack, I think it's her agent slash publicist, he is very fucking good at what he does. And he knows how to get her name in there. And he knows to make her the good person. And I'm not saying that, like, she's not a good person. I'm not saying Kristen is not a nice, or whatever. I'm just saying Kristen always seemingly comes out on top. Even during the divorce with Jay, like, there were so many stories coming out. And I think she realized people were kind of like, yo, like, you gotta you gotta pull it back a little bit. But all of those were pro-Kristen. Kristen's team knows how to make the people pro-Kristen. And I feel like Jana Kramer is already so unliked in the public's eye that there is no way that if this is true, if this is more than just a celebrity blind, if this is more than just a send into Dumois, Kristen is going to wreck Jana in the press. And Jana better be ready. And I feel like I just almost threatened Jana. I'm not threatening Jana. I just think that Kristen is so fucking good at what she does. Kristen knows how to make headlines. She knows how to control those headlines. And again, people already dislike Jana. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, even a few weeks ago, she posted like a picture with Sophia Bush. And she was like, glad to catch up. Because for a while, Jana was on podcasts talking shit about the girls of One Tree Hill. And in my mind, this is how I feel about the cast of One Tree Hill. There are some people out there who don't like Sophia Bush. There are some people out there who will call her a diva, whatever. I can I can accept, you know what I mean? Like that's something I can accept, whatever. But the cast of One Tree Hill was so divided because the creator was such a misogynistic piece of shit. He made the women all hate each other. And um, Jana said that there was like someone on the cast didn't want me to be friends with the boys or with Joy. That was likely Sophia. Um, The boys were best friends with Mark Schwann, which we don't talk about enough, and that's a different topic for a different day. But I do think that this is something Jan is not going to be able to cry her way out of. 
I think Jay probably got pissed about the Chase Rice and Kristen Cavallari rumors because you can say whatever. I think Jay's very, very jealous. I think Jay is a jealous person. And I could be out of pocket for saying that. I don't know. Just from different things that I've heard, I've heard that Jay is very jealous. And I think he was pissed that Kristen was spotted with somebody else because she has moved on from Jay. She dated Jeff Dye for a while. She was linked to both Craig and Austin, which she denied both of. And now here she is um, linked to Chase Rice, who's an absolute monster as well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you listen to last week's episode. There is a little section called Keeping Up with Kristen Cavallari or Chase Rice. I forget what I named it. But I talk about his alleged treatment of women there. And I think that Jay was just kind of like, let's fucking go. Like, let's do it. I mean, he was connected to Tommy Laren for a little bit. He's been connected to other, like, just blonde Instagram girls. Um, I know Dumois had posted stories about how he would slide into random girls' DMs and, like, fly them out for the weekend and sleep with them all weekend and stuff like that. I do think that Jana is going to cause trouble for them. I do not think that this is going to go quietly. I am ready for Jana's stories being like, you don't know anything about me. You think you know, but you have no idea. This is the diary of Jana Kramer. And maybe I am too hard on Jana. I don't know. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, these rumors have been going on since like mid-August. It's just kind of, I mean, it's early September now. But it is just kind of coming to a head now. And I think Kristen is going to get a hold of this narrative so fucking fast that Jana's not going to know what's coming to her. So I guess we're going to see how this plays out in the media. I did see on Uncommon James, Kristen's team... Kristen doesn't run on Common James social media, obviously. But there was some kind of gif that was like, you do you, boo. And I was like, that's shady. And someone was like, why is that shady? I'm like, it just feels shady. She could have posted anything for the anniversary, for the Labor Day weekend sale. And she chose to use that gif. Kristen, I'm not going to say she plays the game as good as Taylor Swift, but Kristen Cavallari doesn't do anything by accident when it comes to social media. Let me make that clear. Um, I guess we're going to see what happens with these two. I think it's going to get messy. I think Jana is going to go on her podcast and be like, I'm not dating Jay. And Jay will come out untouched because somehow every like thing that Jay has ever done has never really come back to him. But I do think that Kristen is going to control this narrative. And Jana is usually able to paint herself in a certain kind of light. And Kristen Cavallari does not fucking play. That is all I have for the purely pop culture episode. Thank you guys for hanging out. I promise you next week recaps will be back. Um, I can't lie, time just kind of got away from me. I was busy trying to prep for the new job and then be on the blinds. And then, yeah, prep for the new job definitely took over like my whole weekend. Um, I went out with Ryan, Taylor Swift. It just got away from me. I'm so sorry. But next week, the recaps will be back. And then the following week, my friends are in town for a bachelorette party that I am a part of. So I don't think there will be a new episode then. Maybe there will be some kind of emergency episode. I'm not sure. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. I hope you guys have the best rest of your week. And thanks for hanging out for a little bit. Um, I will talk to you next week. Like I said a billion times. All right. Um, I want to say like sleep good because I'm going to go to bed after I edit this. But you know what? You just have a great day, okay? Take a sip of your water. Unclench your jaw. Roll your shoulders back. Relax a little bit, baby girl, baby boy, whatever's listening, whoever you are. Um, (laughs) I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.